Welcome to another episode of the Fitness Oracle. Today we sit down with Anne Hintz from Hintz Sapientia. When Anne was 19 years old, she woke up one morning to find her mother dead in her bathroom. 20 years later, the tears from that trauma were still just under the surface. She has found a simple technique that helped her release these emotions. Now, in this episode, we talk a lot about the, the power of tapping and what you get from it. Um, I, I struggle with this practice myself, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm trying, I am doing it, and it is it's quite interesting the different stages that you go through when you're doing this, it's quite interesting. But in this episode, we talk a lot about um, emotional freedom, feeling our feelings, releasing tension inside the body, finding peace, and being able to change our future. Uh, this has been a really great episode, a really good episode with Anne, and she's filled with a whole bunch of different knowledge. And it's really great for, for anybody to dig their teeth into. So as usual, guys, grab a pen and paper, grab a cup of joe, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people just like you, with real stories just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, Jacatavos. My guest today is Anne Hintz from Hintz Sapientia. Did I say that right? <laughs> yes, it's, yeah, Hintz Sapientia. Sapientia, excuse, sorry about that. <laughs> When Anne was 19, she woke one more she woke up one morning to find her mother dead in her bathroom. 20 years later, the tears from the trauma that were still just under the surface, Anne found a simple technique that helped her release these emotions. But she went further and can now put her awareness inside her body and has been able to change the bone structure of her skull. She has actually grown half an inch more than what she than what she's supposed to be at the age of tender age of 55. And has now found that seeking out the truth, our truths, what we truly feel and accepting those feelings is the key to finding inner peace. And welcome to the show. Thank you, John. It's great to be here. Um, how's sunny California? <laughs> it's rainy today, which is good. <laughs> we need the rain. We do. We really do. I know we've been trying to get this episode up and running for quite some time now. So first and foremost, I want to thank you for all the patience that you've shown on your end. Um, it really does mean a lot. Um, and we've been going through a very interesting uh, transition um, not just at a personal level, but at a global scale as well. Uh, we are, it seems as if that we're shifting from, um, let's just call a spade a spade. We went from a, the, the, the queen going to a king now. 
What are your thoughts on King Charles and the new regime that uh, he may be? I don't, I don't know if I want to call it a regime, but the new, the new or the continuous views of what was, uh, what was in place by his mother, and do you see him shifting into something different? <laughs> that's interesting i guess time will tell he does seem like he's more progressive though so i do think there may be changes happening but time will tell it, it, i was concerned about him in you know many years ago he didn't seem like he was very ready for the job but i think he is now i think he'll do fine well that's good i hope so um in one way i hope so and another way i don't want the conspiracy theorists to be right <laughs> okay i guess i don't know those conspiracies <laughs> <laughs> yeah some people are saying that he might be he he might turn over to his son to uh william i think and uh somehow some way the people of england will kick him out and henry is it henry the young one harry harry i always call him henry i don't know why that uh, Prince Harry will be the king, uh, the king of England. But it's like I don't know. Well, time will tell, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> um, stepping into uh, more of what we're going, uh, what we're going to be talking about in this episode is not going to be about royalty and the kings and the people that we can't control that they can control us or whatever you think. If they're like whatever, that's another podcast. <laughs> you've had an interesting journey in your life what was your biggest aha moment and how has it how has it formed your life currently well my biggest aha excuse me my biggest aha moment along this journey was when I was in my late 30s so led a lot of life up to that point and it was after a business altercation with a couple of other mothers at my boys' school. And they told me I had done something wrong. And they were very self-confident, self-assured authority type women. And I was a scared mother on the inside. And these two women told me I had done something wrong. And my mind just spun out of control over and over. It went about what I'd said, what they'd said, what I could have done, what I did do, what I didn't say all these things over and over for days it was actually three days before i could actually sleep again but there was a moment there at the end that i realized okay this is not normal first of all <laughs> most people would not react this intensely to something that really wasn't a big deal and i realized it felt a little bit like how i would react when my dad would tell me i'd done something wrong so that was the first little opening this little idea that maybe something from my childhood was still affecting me to this day and that that was the start that was that realization that i had the aha moment that oh, okay there's more to do <laughs> wow um what was that what, what what did they what was that thing that they told you that you were doing wrong and why did you believe it I mean, you are a mother, you are supposed to um, have, quote unquote, have all the answers. I mean, guys go through something similar, but not, not like that. But I, I want to know your, 
your experience with that and why you actually thought that you were doing something wrong? Well, it was just a business decision for a small little uh, like Whole Foods co-op, natural foods co-op that I ran. And it was run out of one of these ladies' businesses and it wasn't big enough. So I decided to move it somewhere else. It was a fine decision to make, but I guess the way I went about it, because they had some other ideas about, they had some benefits to having it at their place. And they were angry with the decision. So that's that's how it felt like my dad, because he would get angry if I made any decision that was to not go along with what he thought. And so that those feelings inside of me, that's what I realized that felt the same. But I had to get to that point of, of living through it a while to realize, oh, yes, gosh, this feels like my dad, who was also my authority figure, right? He was on the outside, at least he seemed to me as a child, he seemed like he was self-confident, self-assured authority type figure. I know underneath he was not. But at that time, he felt like he was. And I felt crushed when he would say something like I'd done something wrong. How would you get through to somebody who on the outside thinks that they have all the answers, but deep down, everybody knows that this person is just lost in space like everybody else. That's a really interesting question because we always think we're right, right? We can't see beyond where we are in the moment. So th that's really interesting. I'm actually putting together a talk that I hope will be a TEDx at some point, and I'm trying to bring that to people. So the way that I, I feel like I can kind of explain it is I actually went to something called a sound healing event many, many years ago, like 15, 20 years ago. And it was in Northern California in the summer. So it was a nice warm day. And we lay outside with, on our mats. We had a blanket and a pillow. We just relaxed while a Peruvian shaman played a flute. Okay, so it was really, it was nice. It was nice music, but it didn't do anything for me at that point. However, the lady on the mat next to me, she was having a very different experience. Every now and then she would do a really deep resonant sigh that sounded like this, okay? Hmm. Now she was having a very different experience. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I knew I wanted that. I wanted that experience. It was so much deeper than what I was experiencing. So many years later, actually just a couple of years ago, 2019, I had a group and we would meet once a week. And at the beginning of the group, everyone would sit in a semicircle around me and I would play a series of chimes. So they would have their eyes closed and their job was to feel and hear the chimes. And then we would open our eyes and share the experience. Now, some people would just hear the sounds with their ears, which is what you'd expect, right? Everyone hears with their ears. But there were other people who would feel the sounds somewhere inside of their body. And at this point, I would feel the sound vibrations throughout my body. And it was a very different experience. And that's what I call the spectrum of awareness. And those sounds that you hear with the chimes, you can relate that to words, right? When we talk through sounds so that, you know, there are many people out there who simply hear the words, right? They'll hear what someone is saying and they will believe them. 
But there were other people who have a deeper level of awareness who maybe would feel those sound vibrations in different parts of their body. They're also feeling more when someone's talking to them. So they will be able to feel the nuances, hear the nuances when someone is talking. So they will have more depth from that experience of talking to someone. Maybe they can tell that they're really angry, but they're holding it back or that they're lying, but they're holding it back, right? They get a different experience from hearing someone talk. And then there's deeper levels still, right? When you, the deeper you know yourself on the inside, the deeper you see what's happening on the outside. It's interesting you said that people feel the vibration of uh, of the sound because this is really true because sound sound is a vibration. It's all it is. It's a it's a it's a sine wave through the air. Just to be a little just to get a little geeky with everybody, it's a sine wave that goes through the air, and um, we do have the ability to be feeling it. I've felt it in different ways than most people where it was because in, in, in the martial arts world, we, we say that you have to expand your awareness and we do it through some, most martial arts do it through meditation and, um, and focus, but we learned it through pain because pain is the best teacher, <laughs> but um, even the most thick, sculled hardcore i'm not going to feel nothing eventually we do get them to feel feel the punch come and or feel the choke come or feel the kick come you can kind of understand what the opponent wants to do to you before the opponent does it to you and it's and and it's through that and it's it's weird because it does play a big role in uh with sound you kind of hear it before it happens. We use punches, kicks, and chokes. I don't suggest people learn how to do that. How do you teach that? Well, that kind of goes back to my journey, which was a three-step process. And each, each step was with a deeper level of awareness. So when I started out, I didn't have a lot of awareness, right? I could only hear with my ears. <laughs> But I had had this one experience and realized that my childhood was affecting me. So at that point, I didn't know what to do with that information. I just knew I wanted to do something. And it was in that time frame I went to a doctor's appointment. And he happened to be a holistic physician. So he had more tools in his toolbox. And he was also a parent at my boys' school. So he knew me outside of, outside of the doctor's office. And he recognized that I was more stressed than I should be, given that I was a stay-at-home mother with two young boys. Right? It shouldn't have been too bad. And he asked me what my stress level was. And I said it was an eight out of 10. And then he asked me why. And that's when I realized I was finding my mother on the bathroom floor two decades ago, because the tears were still just under the surface. And he happened to know this technique that's called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. It's also called tapping because we tap on certain places, specific places on our body as we're talking through something. So he tapped with me about my mother's death for about 15 minutes. And I walked away from that appointment, be able to tell the story of her death in my mind for the first time ever without those tears there, which was eye-opening for me. And that's when I realized that we actually hold those emotions and those memories physically in our body and that we can let them go. 
so this is a big thing, um, especially when it comes to um, uh, giving yourself freedom from your emotions. Because uh, like you said, like we do, every single human being does uh, hold their emotions near and dear to them, which rightly so. I mean, our emotions define who we are and how we interact with people. Um, do you practice this tapping with your clients? And how effective have you seen the tapping with your clientele? <laughs> I don't work with too many people. I do have a few people that I work with, but mostly it's my personal journey. Um, but yes, I do see a lot of changes with people um, on the whole. I, I realized like the day, that day I realized how powerful it was, but I wasn't totally convinced. I actually needed to go online. I, I have an engineering background as well. I was a software engineer. I like to know something works before I spend time on it. So I went online, I learned everything I could about it. It's, it's easy to learn, it's free. It was given away for free by the person who developed it, Gary Craig. So you can learn it in five to 10 minutes. And, and I did, I learned everything I could, but I wanted to try it out on something, something else. So at the time I had a 17 year old cat at home. So he was failing. We were told his kidneys were starting to fail and we needed to give him a daily saline shot, like an injection. First time I gave him that shot, my hand was shaking so badly. I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it every day. It was just too stressful. So I thought, okay, this is a great test case. So I tapped. I tapped about every aspect of it, which is part of what you do with EFT. So I tapped about my hand shaking. I tapped about my fear of hurting my cat. And I tapped about all the memories from all the injections I had had because I'd lived around the world and had many as a child. And the next day, when I gave him that shot, the hand, my hand, the needle just slid right in. My hand didn't shake at all. And that's when I realized two things. Okay, first, it's deceptively powerful. Doesn't look like it's doing much. In fact, it looks a little weird, <laughs> but it's very powerful. And that's when I realized that the freedom I was looking for was on the other side of that fear. And that's where I wanted to be. So that's, what I, that's where my journey really started. I started noticing every day when I was becoming emotional, which in itself is not an easy thing to do, right? Because we get so caught up in our emotions. So to be able to catch yourself and stand back and say, okay, look at me, I'm getting frustrated. That in itself takes some work, but it became easier as the days went by and I would just tap and I would bring myself back to peace and move on with my day. And I found that things started to change. I started to become less reactionary. I started to become more peaceful on the inside. And when I was more peaceful on the inside, family life was more peaceful on the outside. And that was really important to me. It's interesting. There's, there's two things, there's two things that I want to ask you, but first and foremost, uh, there's a story I want to share. Um, I'm familiar with EFT. I'm familiar with it. Uh, when I was working in a hospital, uh, it was part of the health and wellness pack programs that they would do every lunch. They would bring on a special guest and they would, you know, do their, uh, do their talk about their, their experience and their, and their profession. And they brought in a person who did EFT and uh, I'll never forget this. I'm sitting at my chair and he's, and you just, I, I looked around the office and you just see people tapping and you're like, in an office, in an office space, I'm like, this is, yeah. So I just turned my camera off and I just started eating lunch. 
So personally, I don't know how effective it is. I, um, and by nature, by nature, I have this tendency of being skeptical about the things I'm like you prove it to me that it works and then I'll believe in it. And you prove it to yourself that it works. And I believe, I believe that it does work. And I, I, I've, you're not the only story that I've heard that it's helped. There's a lot of people that it's helped. But my question to you is, what would you say to people that are in an office space and they're in like this stressful situation? You just see other people just, they just bust out tapping all these pressure points. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. Yeah, there are a lot of people who do use it. Um, they use it in hospital settings. They use it in schools these days. Um, so I guess if people around you know that you're doing it and what you're doing, it's okay. But otherwise, just go to the bathroom. Just go to the bathroom. Talk yourself through what's happening, right? The truth, the actual truth of how you're feeling and what's happening, whether it includes swear words, whatever, right? Your actual truth, that's what you're trying to get to because that's where the energy is stored in the body. Right. So if you can bring yourself back to peace in the bathroom, then you can come out and you're in a different, you're in a different vibe, right? Your vibe is different at that point. So that's how I would do it. There's also different points that you can use on your fingers, on your hands, in which case you can do it under a desk or under a table. Or if you ask me, just do it in front of the person and just start talking about the person as you're tapping, they'll leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't suggest that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other point that I actually wanted to, to touch up on was uh, when you do do the um, the demonstration of tapping, and you've done it a couple of times. I'm noticing that you're actually hitting meridian points, specific specific meridian points. Now, I've studied under a Chinese medicine doctor for about two years, so I'm kind of familiar. I'm very rusty in it because I haven't practiced it in seven years so i'm extremely rusty in, in it but like the areas that you're you're hitting from what i remember is the the major yan meridian uh the eye the eye which i think is connected to the kidneys so like you're you're, you're hitting specific points like here i think it's the, the gallbladder that ends just above the lip and under the chin there's there's specific organs that you're hitting as you're as you're tapping Yes, they are specific points, and each each point is the end of a, of a specific meridian. I don't know what the meridians are, but there's nine points that we keep going through and pretty much covers the body. My question is, if you could understand which meridian it was, could you tell a person a specific food, specific, um, uh, specific food or an environment because all those are, are directly uh, related with the meridians. This is working through the energy system. So what it's doing, it's releasing the stuck energy from the nervous system in that meridian, but the meridians are also within the connective tissue. It's working throughout the whole body and it's releasing the tension in the connective tissue in my experience from going deeper. So yeah, I wouldn't suggest anything else. I would just, suggest keep tapping <laughs> keep tapping a lot of people stop too early with tapping right but it takes doing the same thing over and over again with my mother's death i didn't let go of all the emotion that first time with the doctor because what eft is doing is opening up the subconscious mind 
And as that happens, more and more details, more memories start to pop up. So I would do talks through the story of her death again and tap through it again, more memories would come up. I tap through it again. I keep going, tapping through it again and again until I can tell it like it's just a story I'm reading out of a book. Right. So there's mm-hmm. no emotion left in it. And at that point, I know that I've let it go. So it's almost like being able to feel your feelings. <laughs> well, that, yes. I couldn't do that when I started. I could name them, perhaps, right? Okay, I'm feeling afraid right now. I couldn't feel them. So that's why EFT is so powerful at the beginning of this journey, at least it was for me, because I didn't have that awareness. But I kept tapping. So I did it day by day, felt the changes happening, and I wanted more. I wanted it more, and I wanted it faster. So I knew that you could go through your childhood. So what I did is I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of in my whole life up to that point. And I tapped through one each night for about an hour to an hour and a half each night. And things just started to change faster and faster. And as I said, the subconscious mind is opening up. As the subconscious mind opens up at the same point, the awareness expands. So I started to become aware of my feelings of the physical sensations underneath the emotions, right? So we'll see someone in the distance, right? Someone we know, and we can normally tell if they're angry or frustrated or sad or depressed by the way they're holding their tension in the body. We can become aware of that in ourselves too. So if if I know I'm afraid of something, I now have the ability to tune into that tension in my solar plexus, that's where I hold fear. And it will be different for different people. But that is a deeper level of awareness. We have an interesting way of helping people remove that kind of tension. We just walk up to them and just punch them right where the tension is. Like, relax this. Just breathe. <laughs> Don't do that, people. Do what Anne is telling you to do. Tap. It's more. It, it's, it's much better. And yes, you're right. We can tell the difference um, of how a person is feeling. Uh, but us guys, we have a very, we have this mindset where we're not supposed to be talking or sharing or discussing our feelings. And it comes to, it comes to a point where we blow up. And that was me earlier today, where I almost blew up on somebody very close to me. How would you reach out to somebody who's I wouldn't say not aware of what they're feeling, but lacks the uh, lacks the understanding or lacks the tools to express those feelings. Well, that's where EFT is so powerful. But you have to be able to stand back and say, oh, I'm getting really angry here. Right. You have to catch yourself and not allow yourself to go with that anger and blow up. Right. If you can catch yourself and, and notice that you're getting angry, that's why you can pop into the bathroom and just tap and, and tap on your truth, right? You can talk your truth to yourself. You don't, even if you can't say your emotions to someone outside of you, right? If you're in the bathroom tapping, you, you, can, you can say, I'm so angry with this person. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. Keep tapping, saying the same thing. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I'm so angry until that anger subsides. Then a realization might come to you. Oh, okay, I'm angry because of this or because it reminds me of that. 
okay something else will come to mind and then you tap through that and that's how you peel back the layers into your childhood because we react to something we have reacted to before right? it's in the word react we're acting out something again so we want to reverse that so if you do that the first time when you're about to explode with someone you go into the bathroom and tap it out then you carry in with your life and then you notice the same thing happens again you won't react quite as intensely and at that point you notice again okay i'm reacting i'm i'm really angry but i'm not quite as angry go into the bathroom tap again come back to peace go on with your life do that a few times you will no longer react in that situation interesting uh so it's like pulling uh it's like putting awareness to it and just slowly pulling it out yeah opening up that subconscious mind yeah yeah which in itself it spans your awareness right because the second time you're more aware right, right. you're aware of what's happening and you're aware that it's not as intense as the last time right that that is the subtlety of how the subconscious mind opens up and awareness expands do you think it's healthy for somebody to step into the into that anger into that darkness just even for a little bit to uh, try to understand what it is and what it's trying to teach do you believe that there's a lesson there for the person to learn no i believe the feeling itself is the lesson it's just coming back us up for us to feel right it's just a feeling so if we can feel that anger, which is what EFT allows us to do, right? When I, if I'm tapping and I'm saying the word I'm, or the words I'm so angry, we're feeling that anger at the time. We're feeling it and we're allowing it to dissipate. That, once it dissipates and another thought comes to mind, that is what is where we're learning, right? We're learning, okay, this came from that and that came from that. And then it can walk us back to our childhood where it stemmed from them when the root of it was from and then we can talk through that we can tap through that and let that go and once that's gone we're no longer reactive in the same way interesting interesting because i've always um i've always been a big uh, i do my stuff a little bit differently where uh, like I'll go to the gym and I'll just unleash on myself in the gym, like not verbally because people will just look at me like I'm some kind of psycho, but, uh, <laughs> but, but over time, does that change anything or is yeah, that, it, or well, are you still as, can you still get as angry the next I time? Can, I can still get as angry, but at least I have like a, like a, like a release valve. Right. Where I uh, use Which is great. This changes us at a deeper level so that we can we don't get as angry again next time interesting interesting I'll and that's what to... i was looking for i was looking for something that changed me I, I wanted to be different and that's what i found this was doing we we touched up a little bit on this previously we were talking about how you know uh blockage of energy actually helps build up tension um in different people in different ways i was i was good i was going to ask you about the, the connection between the meridian and the actual tension but we're not going to go if you want we can go there <laughs> well we've just talked about the first step on my journey that's more the third step there's oh. a step in between okay we're gonna we're not gonna skip any steps here let's let's go on to the second step second <laughs> okay. step of your journey was was feeling feelings feeling right feelings. so 
I became aware of those physical sensations underneath the emotions. I happened to be in a group at the time we were studying Course in Miracles, which is kind of irrelevant, but each week in this group, the kind of head of the group would say, you don't have to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. And I was in this group when I started my EFT journey, right? So I wasn't aware of my feelings at that point. So I didn't know what he meant. I didn't pay any attention to it. But each week he would say the same thing. And my EFT journey was carrying along outside of the group. And I realized, okay, I'm, I'm aware of my feelings now. So what does he mean when he says, it's all about feeling your feelings? I still can't understand why I never asked him to this day. It's like, he probably would have told me. <laughs> I guess I had to work it out myself. So one day I was doing the dishes at the kitchen sink and I thought, okay, I'm gonna do what he said. I'm gonna feel my feelings. What does that even mean? So first of all, I had to catch myself thinking a thought that had emotions involved. And it might've been something as simple as I'm afraid of making this phone call, right? So I think that's thought, I'm afraid of making this phone call. Where's that fear? And I could feel it in my solar plexus. So I didn't tap anymore. I just wanted to feel my feelings. So I would focus on that tension in my solar plexus. And I would notice if I moved at all, or if I took a breath, even that I would lose my focus on that tension. So I held myself like a statue. I wouldn't even take any more breaths. I would, I would hold my breath exactly where it was when I could feel that fear. And I would just focus on it and I would feel it. And I would even talk to it. You know, I'd say things, okay, I can feel this fear. I can feel you right there in my solar plexus. I just want you to be felt because it's been suppressed for so long. My body didn't know how to allow it to be felt. So at some point I'd have to take a deep breath, I'd let it out, and then I would think the thought again, I'm afraid of making this phone call. And I would feel it, and it would have diminished slightly. So then I would do it again, and I would do it again and again and again until the attachments to that thought of, I'm afraid of making this phone call, had gone. Mm. And at that point, okay, it's easy to make the phone call. So then I would start to do this every day instead of tapping i would notice during the day if i was emotional and then i would just feel those sensations and they would release it took a while you know it was an ongoing process but then in the evenings instead of tapping on my childhood which i had done i would lay on the sofa close my eyes and i would bring a collective trauma to mind because we all have our own individual experience of a collective trauma, right? Something like 9-11, we all watched different videos, we knew different people. So I would bring those memories to mind and just feel them, just allow those sensations to be felt. And they would just release, they would just let go and be gone. And it was huge. You would do that on purpose, bring, bring specific negative events that happened to you in the past on purpose? Right, because at that point, I'd come to the understanding that it's the emotions are just energy that is stuck in the body. And I was determined to keep going. So I wanted to dig them out. And that's what I did. It's like stepping into your darkness. I love it. I absolutely it love it, it. Yeah, I mean, it could be called shadow work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call it a lot of different work. But uh, you said something there that two things that I actually want to touch up on. Uh, the first thing that I wanted to touch up on was um, you, you said that you found that, that tension in your solar plexus. And even when you would breathe, you would have, it would, it would kind of like kind of amplify a little bit. 
it would disappear. It would disappear. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It would disappear. Um, I've been trained that when it, wherever that you feel tension is where you would bring your attention through breathing to that area. So you would inhale and bring air into the, into your tension. As you exhale, you would kind of remove the tension with your breath. Now, it's kind of interesting that you kind of lost your attention to your tension when you were breathing. So, except if we say in a different way, I was actually holding it at tension. I was holding the tension at tension. Oh, okay. Okay. Have you ever come across the, the whole breathing and focusing the attention to the tension and the fear? Yeah. And it, it wasn't through anyone else. I actually came across it myself because I would find uh, this actually goes to the next step. <laughs> I would find tension that I couldn't release. It was so intense that I couldn't, I couldn't release it just with my focus. So I would blow through it. I would actually just blow like I'm blowing out through a straw, but imagine I'm blowing into the tension. Mm. And it would kind of let go of the, the the chaff around it, and so that I it would it would pinpoint the tension more, so that I could focus on it. Okay. Before we get into the next step, I want to talk about something else that's actually that you said that you said that um, you are part of a group that helped you move into this kind of awareness uh, during your EFT training. Uh, how important do you think community was for you? in order for you to get the tools that you needed to uh, get to where you are right now? I don't think it was particularly important. I know a lot of people need someone to work with and, and that's fine. You know, there are EFT practitioners that people can go to. I just was not willing to be vulnerable with someone else, but I was very willing to be vulnerable with myself. So I could look at my darkness, I could look at uh, my total truth with myself. And, and so that's, yeah, I did it. I did this all myself. Obviously, there were things along the way. And I have friends now that we, we talk through things with, which, which is nice. But I don't feel that it's absolutely necessary. And that's a perfectly valid answer, because there's a lot of people out there. Uh, I'm one of them that is... Uh, I'm back and forth with community. Like I can use it for some stuff, but I don't care about it for other stuff. Um, and I think you're right on that. I mean, it's, um, it, it's, it's more, I, to me personally, I think the, the journey, the journey self, what is, what's that saying? The journey self taken is the one or something like that. I can't remember the name of the way it goes, but if you go on a journey by yourself, you learn more lessons on the way. Yeah, I mean, I can give you one example for that too. Um, you know, the person you're often working with has their own stuff, right? So sometimes they won't want you doing things or saying things. And I got to the place, which was quite a long way into my journey. I don't recommend people doing this straight away, but I got to the place where I realized I hated myself. And that's what I tapped on. It's like, I hate myself, I hate myself, I hate myself. Tapped, I tapped for probably several hours over a period of, of days or weeks on that statement to release the attachments to it, right? So now they're just words, but there are a lot of people who won't want you saying that, right? They'll say, don't say that, right? right? Yeah. Don't say that, or don't say you hate someone because we're not supposed to say we hate, but if we really hate, 
<laughs> I would much rather that hate be gone from my body than suppressed inside. So I'm going to accept that I hate whatever it is and allow that energy to release from my body. So it's not inside of me. You are 100% uh, on the mark with that. We are not supposed to say that we hate ourselves or we hate people. Um, I know what it can do to a person because of my own past experience and the listeners on of my show, they know my story. I'm not going to say it here, but I had my, my own aha moment. I'm still trying to figure out why I still tell myself I hate myself. Um, do you get days like that where you still <laughs> catch yourself saying that to yourself and do you still I don't use... anymore. Oh. I don't anymore. I used to, but I wouldn't look for the why, right? I would just accept, okay, I hate myself, right? I would just allow that to be my truth. I hate myself right now. And that's okay. I hate myself right now, right? And just allow that thought to be accepted, right? Rather than looking for the why, because in looking for the why, we're not accepting the actual thoughts. Mm -hmm. And it's just energy that's stuck inside. Right. And we can release that. Right. So it's, you don't care about where the root came from. You're just trying to pull it out right now as it is. Well, the root it. comes to mind. That's the expansion of the awareness, the opening of the subconscious mind. If I tap and allow myself to accept, I hate myself. Maybe it's just a thought that I've instilled in myself, or maybe it came from my dad hating me or some something that happened in my childhood but it's connected inside our body that those memories are connected. So if we release part of it, something underneath will surface. And it's, it's really kind of remarkable when it starts happening. Cause I mean, even to this day, when I'm releasing at a really deep level, a memory will just pop into my mind and then poof, it's gone. But that was connected to that tension inside. Wow, that's uh, you're lucky that you can remove it because memories come into my mind and they linger unless I go to the gym. Well, that's when you tap, right? If you have, if yeah. you do EFT, that's when those negative memories pop into your mind. Tap them and accept them. Okay, this memory happened. That that happened right then, and I hated it, or it was embarrassing, or whatever it was, because those thoughts will no longer pop into your mind once you've done this work. And that was one of my eye-opening things. I opened my kitchen door one day and I said to myself, it feels like I'm living in a different reality because my mind, which used to be so busy and chaotic, had become quiet. And I had never experienced that before. And that's when I realized, oh, those, those voices, those words, those criticisms, those judgments had been programmed into me, mostly by my, by my dad in childhood. And they were no longer there. Well, I'm definitely going to be exploring that because uh, my mind is going in a million different places. <laughs> 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 but moving on, um, let's talk about the third step, uh, releasing tension inside the body and, and the physical changes that you've experienced through EFT and tapping and all this amazing stuff that we're talking about. What, as I said in the intro, um, you actually grew half an inch. Actually, three quarters now. Yeah. Oh, I, I excuse excuse me. Uh, sorry to all the people out there. She grew three quarters of an inch. That's amazing. 
And it's not really, when you think about it, it's not really growing as such, but it's releasing the tension so that I can become more of my natural height that I never achieved in childhood, right? I got to five foot four and a quarter and I never grew anymore until these last few years. Was that just a matter of you walking straighter with your, you know, shoulders back or just the actual structure actually grew to what you were supposed to be? It's a release of the tension in the connective tissue because we get compressed. We, we take on the burdens of life, right? We literally take on the burdens. We hold them and we compress as we do. Like and most people get shorter as they get older because they're taking, they, they're keeping the burdens there and they're adding more burden and we just get tighter and more compressed. So this whole path is releasing the burdens. So even with EFT, it's releasing tension and then feeling the feelings, it's releasing deeper tension. So at some point when I was doing the lying on the sofa thing, right at night and just feeling all these collective traumas, at some point I noticed I could keep my awareness inside my body after the tension had released, which was, it, it doesn't sound like it's a huge difference, but it felt totally different. And I'd never heard of it before. I didn't know what I was doing. So imagine you have a toothache or a stomach ache. You can sense where that pain is coming from, right? But once the pain has dissipated, you can't really get your awareness back on the exact same place because there's nothing calling your attention to it. Well, I found I could put my awareness back inside. And so I started to play with it. Didn't know what else to do. And I realized I could move my awareness around inside and I could find where there was tension or where there was no tension. So I would, I would move along and find a place with tension and I would hold my awareness or my attention on the tension, just like I had with the feeling, the feelings, but now I'm inside the body and I would focus on it. My ability to focus improved as I went through this and I would notice there'd be a shift. And then I'd put my awareness back inside, do it again and do it again and again and again until the tension had dissipated. So I started to move around my body and, and release tension. And it took many, many months. I, I can't remember how long, but a long time before I could put my awareness inside my head. And that was mind blowing because there was so much pain and tension inside my head. Unbelievable pain and the forces pulling my bones out of alignment were just incredible. And I had lived with this for 50 years at this point, And I had no idea that that was inside of me. So it showed me how much we're just not aware of until we're ready to look at it. So I started working on it little by little. I had this technique now. So I would focus on the pain for a couple of seconds to begin with was all I could do. And then I'd just do it again and again and again. And at some point I heard and felt something releasing. It felt like, and sounded like old fabric releasing or ripping. And of course now I'm in my head, so I'm close to my ears. So, which sounds such a funny thing to say, but, I, but it's true. <laughs> so that's why I could hear it. And I did some research at that point and realized it was an adhesion in the connective tissue that was releasing. So I would just keep going because at that point I was a little worried. Am I doing something wrong? Am I hurting myself? But I, I wasn't and I just kept going. And over time it would release more and more. And I got to the place I could actually feel my bones relax. Felt really, really good. 
to have them relax into what I now know is a more aligned position, but I didn't at that point, it just felt good. And it wasn't until I had my x-rays taken last year that I could see the changes from 2013 to 2021. I could see that my eye sockets had aligned. My jaw was way off to the side, it's now much more centered and my neck is straighter than it's ever been in my life. And hence I've grown three quarters of an inch. Wow. For those listening in, I'm clapping my hands because I'm astonished right now. Um, I, I'm really, I'm really blown away. I mean, do you use like a form of meditation to do this? Do you like meditate? Because every time, I'll be honest with you, every time I meditate, meditate, I fall asleep. Uh, I, I can't stay, I can't stay, quote unquote, aware of my meditation. It's like, no, I'm passing out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like for me at the beginning when I started laying on the sofa and doing that feeling the feelings I would fall asleep to begin with but I got better and better at it when I first started being able to sense inside my body I would have to do it laying down with my eyes closed and it's a sensing right so meditation can be mind work this is not in my mind it's in my feeling right right feel feel your right knee what does your right knee feel like at this moment can you sense it that's what i'm doing i'm sensing the tension and so over time it got easier and easier i could focus more and more and at this point i can multitask so i can be doing it while i'm watching tv while i'm doing the dishes while i'm driving while i'm taking a walk i got it um <clears throat> i used actually played with this when i was in when i was a teenager back in high school where I could feel the bicep pulling the, my arm closer when I was doing bicep curls. And I had some astounding results. In two months, I gained five pounds of muscle in two months, which is, it's unheard of without the use of steroids. So um to use it at that level though to use it to use it to feel tension and try to uh you know remove the tension that's that's that that takes a lot of practice what would you say to somebody who um is curious about doing something like that how what's the easiest way that they could start <laughs> well i couldn't have started without doing the eft right because it's the whole past has been in the opening up of the subconscious mind now someone could probably step into that second step right someone who's very aware of their feelings of their sensations in the body you could just sit with them right we, we hear that phrase just sit with your emotions right so just sit with a feeling that is coming up if you're feeling sad just sit with it allow it to be felt allow the sadness to be okay I don't know that someone would be able to step right into step three without doing, without releasing the resistance we have. We have so much resistance around so many things. I had to release that first before I was shown the step to be able to get inside. Can someone fake it till they make it? I don't think so. The faking <laughs> itself is resistance. <laughs> No, because what popped into my mind when you were saying all that is like, okay, if I understand what the structure of my knee looks like, and I have a pretty good idea of how like the knee looks like, it's a pretty simple joint. Um, I could picture it in my head, 
but it's not really doing what you're saying right. to do. That's in the mind. That's mind work. This is not imagination in any sense. This is simply feeling. It, it's very different. And I know it's hard to differentiate those two. It is very hard to do something like that. Um, what about the people with busy, busy bee mind syndrome? I like to call it like me. <laughs> then learn EFT, start doing EFT. There are other techniques, I think, that probably do the same similar thing. To me, EFT was free, easy to learn. It's that physical aspect of tapping on those meridians that allows the energy to release and just keep going. I think a lot of people stop too easily, too quickly, but it takes time and it really is changing you at, at a deep level. So learn EFT, although the step before that, right, the one I talked about earlier is you start noticing, just start noticing when you're emotional or when you're becoming emotional. That is the very first step. Hmm, interesting. I'll be tapping myself as I'm walking around the block. I don't care what people think. <laughs> you do get to that point that you don't care. <laughs> One time I went to a, a, like a, a, there was a class type thing and the gentleman who ran the class annoyed me so much, picked on me so much. I was so angry with him. I walked out of the class and I've never done that before. And I was so mad and I had about a 20 minute drive home. I tapped all the way home. Don't recommend doing this to begin with because multitasking is not easy. But I tapped all the way home. And by the time I was home, I was over it. It was done. It was good. It's interesting because we live in a world that's so hellbent on killing ourselves. Other than T EFT, what do you recommend someone to do to find peace in this crazy, mixed up, upside down, inside out world? <laughs> Take a deep breath. I think of us as a signal. Right? Everything about us is a signal. We're emitting that signal and we're attracting back based on that signal. I don't think of the signal in terms of thoughts. I know some people do. The whole of us is the signal. It's our body. It's everything about our body. It's our hair. It's our size. It's our shape. It's the way we're standing. Everything about us is a signal and it's our thoughts. But the biggest thing I realized is when I was able to put my awareness inside my head, it's like, oh my God goodness, there is so much tension in here, right? That is the biggest part of our signal is the tension that we hold inside from our past that we're not aware of, right? So it's part of our signal. But if we can catch the signal, right, when we react to something that is a big energetic signal. If we want to change our future, we want to catch that reaction, hopefully tap, right? Tap makes a deeper level of change. But if we can't tap right there, just take a deep breath. Come back more to peace. Then you've changed your signal. That was a big part of my journey as well as realizing that, right? That, that, that it, we are a signal. So I'd ask myself during the day, okay, how am I feeling right now? Right? Because I wanted to change who I was. So if I was feeling tense, I would tap and allow myself to relax because I want to be a different signal. Because if I'm a relaxed signal right now, I'm attracting peace into my future. But if I'm tense right now, I'm attracting tension into my future. We're going to get into that in just a little bit, but you brought up a really some really great talking points that I want to talk about. Um, you said that we're like a signal 
and it comes as a signal to us. And if we're open, that we're we're going to uh, we're going to accept it. Um, I've had this many a times happen to me personally in my life, where I can pinpoint this happened to me, and it felt like my life was going to change. For me, it was it was more of a strange feeling that I was doing something right or wrong because I've had both happen to me. Uh, like when I last had VO fitness, uh, when I lost it, I could tell you the exact day and who I was with where I said, I'm going to lose this business again. I was with my ex-fiance we were out on a date and we were talking about moving in together. It was January 22nd. And a month and a half later, I was single and I was left broke. Hmm. And it was just this weird feeling saying, this is it. In your experience, in your experience, has there been instances like that where you could actually turn that around? Oh, that's an interesting question. I wouldn't say there was something as intense as that, that I have turned around, but I have turned many things around by accepting it. Right. So if you knew EFT, what would you tap on at that point? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, trying to find, uh, trying to get rid of the feeling that my business was a, a, was a failure. Right. So there's a subtle difference between that and what I'm saying. I would have tapped on, I'm going to lose this business. This feeling is telling me I'm going to lose this business. I would accept the feeling and accept the thought, not try and push it away. Because when we try and push it away, it doesn't go anywhere, it just stays inside. Once we accept it, that's changed, that, that, that removes that vibration out of our body and lets it go. So then it's no longer a part of our signal. Do you think that um, if you can remove that feeling completely from your body, could you, uh, do you believe that there's a, a series of events that you can avoid from losing that? Uh, let's, let's say losing, losing, a, um, losing somebody that you care or losing your business, losing your livelihood. Absolutely. I believe every time we tap, we're changing our future because we're changing our vibration, right? So if you had to tap that out, so there was no longer any energy left underneath those words, I'm going to lose my business you would have changed something in your future at that point. So yeah, I mean, there are so many different variations of what could happen, right? But but each time we change our vibration, I believe we change our future. Now I'm going to get a little bit of Star Wars nerdy on you. So forgive me, but you just said something that I want to really talk about. Yoda, which make make-believe character, told Anakin Skywalker, Look, be careful looking into the future. In constant motion, the future is. Yeah. Do you, do you believe that 
looking into the future might actually cause negative uh, repercussions for you now because you don't know if you're going to get it. Right. Well, it depends what we're looking at. If we're, if we're looking at something that we totally believe, then we're going to be in a peaceful state as we're looking at it. If we look at something we want to happen, but clearly has not happened yet, then we have some resistance to it, which is part of our signal in the moment, right? If I'm feeling resistance right now, I'm attracting resistance back to my future. So many, many variations there. But yeah, I mean, if you're, you're telling yourself, I'm going to be a millionaire, but you don't believe it, <laughs> then there's a whole bunch of tension inside. Now you can work with that tension inside, right? EFT will allow you to do that, right? If you're talking about something that isn't true, EFT will work on the resistance that you have to what it is you want. Because it's always working on the, mm -hmm. the tension in the body. So you can change that, right? You can come to peace with, I'm, I'm going to be a millionaire. And at that point, you're sending off a very different signal. So it's like you're basically just telling the universe that I'm ready to be this. And yeah, I if you are. Yeah. If you have resistance, you're not telling it that. You're telling it, I'm, I'm want more resistance. What about if you have external factors, fa uh, loved ones, family members in your life that you have come to peace with yourself, that I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to have a trillion dollar business. I'm going to be an influence, positive influencer in this world. And millions and millions of people are going to, you know, are going to have their lives changed because of my message. But you have the external people or factors that are telling you otherwise. Okay, this is a really important point because we really love to blame other people for things that are happening in our life. Like we'll, we'll blame a politician or, or we'll blame a spouse or family member. But we can take full responsibility for everything that happens. So our part of that equation is how we feel about them, right? If I feel my spouse is going to tease me or put me down or not believe it, I can tap on that. That's my feeling. Those are my thoughts, right? If I can tap and let go of the energy around those thoughts and those feelings, things will change. Interesting. I'm going to try that because I have some family members that are not on board with what I'm doing. A lot of family members. I think. I'm okay. So you'd want to be specific. You'd want to tap on each individual one, what you think each one is saying to themselves, right? Your projection of what they're thinking and what they're feeling. Tap Very on cool. each individual one until you can stand in a room with them and not think those thoughts straight away. Awesome. I'll just be tapping in front of them. They're like, oh, there's John again going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we're coming close to the end of the show. And these are the seven or eight questions I ask all my guests. And I'd like to get your perspective on these seven or eight topics. With the increase in people suffering from depression, from the constant uncertainty that we've been living through for the last almost three years now, what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? that emotions are simply stuck energy and we can find a way to release them. And once they're released, they're gone. So obviously find a technique that works for you. Something like EFT. Yeah. You can get beyond it. 
I think we all know the answer to this next question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What's the one thing that you do daily that amplifies your ability to stay focused? Notice how I feel and find the tension and let it go. If you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? <laughs> Just what I already told you, that, that emotions are simply stuck energy. Find a way. Find a way to go down those memories and release that stuck energy. And my life would have been so different. So absolutely. I would also say, and this is a weird one, but it's important based on what I know now. It's like, I would not wear any tight clothes <laughs> because I know that it's the fascia, it's the connective tissue that holds that tension and those memories. It's like, and if you wear tight clothes that dig into your fascia, you're actually compressing, you're restricting the soul. Looking back, would you change anything? No. I love that answer. I absolutely love that answer. Uh, what scares you? <laughs> well, if something does, I need to tap on it. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things I'm still working on. I, I look for places that will bring up emotions inside of me. So I watch the news. I watch things that, that maybe do scare me to be, to be honest, it's my kids, my boys are where the most intense emotions come from. And I have one of them's a mountain biker and when he's at a race or something, it's like, okay, I need to feel these feelings and work through them. And yeah, so I will go out of my way to find things that scare me. That's really healthy, actually. That's very healthy. Um, where do you see hints sapientia in the next five years? Well, I hope to have given a TED talk by then. And I hope to be traveling around the world and talking on stage. That's what I want to be doing, sharing this information, because I didn't know this was possible before. And I want other people to know it's possible. Very cool. Uh, how about you personally? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Well, that that is me. Yeah, okay. I am Hint Sapient. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, where can people find more about you? several places i have my website and hints.com and the x-rays are on there so you can go and see that it really does work i have a youtube channel and i have videos an eft demonstration video feeling your feeling video so you can go on there you can actually do the work from watching those videos and i have a book that i wrote that i sometimes forget to say that's called the pathway to insight and it's available on amazon it goes through all the steps that i talked about in more detail obviously and I have a public Facebook page that I love explaining things on, and I'm happy to interact with anyone there. Amazing. And we will post all your links to, uh, to you and your content in the show notes. So everybody has easy access to you and your amazing practice. Uh, I'm definitely going to be testing this stuff out on myself because I got a lot of work I need to do on myself. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. Uh, any final thoughts? I just encourage everyone to take take control back and realize that anything that's happening around around us that is creating anxiety or tension or emotions inside of us, we can do something about. 
Very good. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for your patience with all the stuff that uh, we've been trying to get this uh, episode recorded. It's been a lot, but more to the point, your work is, it's intriguing. And I think that's what makes it special. It's intriguing because uh, it's not your typical uh, mindset that most people will, will get until they try it. Um, I haven't tried it and I'm intrigued to start working on it because like you said, like I have, there's, there's a lot of emotion that uh, it's still bent up inside and I've been trying to figure out how to get rid of it. So you've given me personally some tools to, to test. Good. Well, thank you. It's been a great conversation. I loved it. Going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world. Hey, everybody, it's John from Resilient Reboot Productions and the Fitness Oracle. Thank you for watching this episode, and I really hope that you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell, and share this video if you are watching this on YouTube or on Rumble. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast Breaker, or whatever streaming service that you may be using, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review as it will help us reach more people that are suffering from mental health issues. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to join us on Pod Inbox. This is a great platform that we can keep the conversation going. Over the years, we've discovered that the best way to help people regain their confidence back of whatever fitness goal that they are looking for is to put together a tight-knit community that will be here to support you in that journey. So in order for us to do that, we are partnering up with Pod Inbox to help us create that platform and give you that opportunity to uh, have your voice. So all you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and get your set up your free account on Pod Inbox right now. And let's hear your voice. Until then, I'll see you guys soon.